0: Uh, hello ASQ bloggers. My name is John Cromwell, and I'm a doctoral student at Harvard Business School and part of the organizing committee for the ASQ blog. This is the second installment of our new ASQ podcast series. Today, I'm interviewing Abhinav Gupta and Adam Mowak about their forthcoming ASQ article, "The Elephant or Donkey in the Boardroom: How Board Political Ideology Affects CEO Pay." Abhinav and Adam, thanks so much for joining us today. If we could get started by you telling us a little bit more about yourselves and your research, what motivated you to undertake this project? Where did the idea come from, and how did it evolve as it went through development?
1: That's a difficult and a thought-provoking question. So in one way, the origins of this paper can be traced all the way back to our decisions to study certain topics at the onset of our respective careers. Uh, Adam has always been very interested in studying issues related to executive compensation. And uh, I have gravitated towards understanding the organizational implications of political ideologies for for several years now. So as I see it, this paper was a real fun to write because it was right at the intersection of our research interests and uh, combined our thinking really well. But to answer your question more pragmatically, I would say the earliest inception of this project um, is when I was studying organizational political ideology for my dissertation and uh, found that political psychologists um, had described the notion of personal responsibility or proportionality as a central difference between liberal and conservative worldviews. And that reminded me of the classic structure versus agency debate, which uh, crops up every now and then in in all of management subfields. And I started wondering about uh, whether a CEO's worth for an organization is partly a matter of directors' political profit. At that time, I discussed this idea with Adam, who I know is very interested in, and expert on the topics of executive compensation. And in addition to being a very good writer. So to a our, to our good fortune, the data on directors' political ideologies was, um, was available through public sources, and that is the Federal Election Commission database. And I think it's fair to say, like all social scientists, management researchers find it challenging to measure individuals' beliefs and attitudes. Which we believe is part of the reason why researchers did not study differences in value systems of corporate directors. So, at this point, given that we had identified the construct of political ideology, which I believe is quite provocative, and uh, had a reasonable plan to measure it, we believe that uh, that was a starting point and our hope to engage the corporate governance folks. So, to your second question, how did it evolve? And it's always fun to look back and think about how the paper has changed over time. In this case, we have framed our original version of this paper around our independent variable, which is board political ideology, and tried to position CEO compensation as the key context to assess its implications. But the collective wisdom of our friendly reviewers prevails, and uh, we corrected the course pretty soon. Actually, now that I think about it, we benefited greatly from our friends' feedback. Our friends um, advised us to frame the paper more sharply around senior compensation, which made the framing more squarely around a centrally important corporate governance question, which is why are CEOs paid the amounts they are. Uh, While we defined the paper quite a bit throughout the process, we were fortunate with the paper in that uh, we didn't really face uh, major obstacles in the true sense of the term. Our results clearly showed the difference in compensation philosophies of liberal versus conservative leaning boards. And we found uh, fantastic reviewers and a great editor, uh, Chris Marquist, who saw merit in our paper and, and its contribution from the beginning. And we are sincerely thankful for that. There were, of course, challenges such as um, quoting a large data set of political contributions and writing the paper carefully to maximize its relevance for governance literature.
0: These challenges are intrinsic to any high-quality paper. Great. Um, So something you just mentioned, uh, Abhinav, about the uh, writing the the theory section, integrating these literatures, Um, something I I noticed when I read it is that you had to develop the theory and hypotheses by integrating literature that doesn't necessarily speak to each other. Uh, And these are the literatures uh, on corporate governance, political ideology, and upper echelons theory. Uh, What was your strategy for integrating these literatures, and what were the biggest challenges you faced when doing so?
2: I I will let Adam answer that question. Sure, sure. So I I suppose although they haven't traditionally been examined alongside each other, the good news for us was that they're actually pretty compatible. They each speak in one way or another to our paper's core idea that governance is a function of leaders' beliefs about how to govern. And this was a common thread that we kept coming back to again and again as we went about integrating theories and concepts from the different domains that you mentioned. For instance, even though it's true, or at least we argue, that much of the research on corporate governance at least implicitly assumes that directors tend to share a common view about what constitutes good governance, which is, of course, an opportunity and a blind spot that we try to address, it's also the case that director beliefs are are still assumed to motivate their actions in the typical governance study. Um, We just kind of focused on the variance in those beliefs in the form of political ideologies as a predictor of their decisions. And then, you know, the recent upper echelon's work on CEO political ideology provided us with a good starting point from which to build our own arguments about directors' ideologies and decision-making. And from there, it was a matter of zeroing in on the aspects of ideology that would matter most in shaping boards' decisions specifically about executive compensation, so obviously ideologies. That there's a lot that goes into political ideologies, and we had to identify the most relevant aspects or facets for our domain. The last part of your question, you know, what, was, what were some of the challenges we faced? Probably the most challenging issue we encountered was identifying and articulating specific aspects of political ideology that would most directly influence these pay-related decisions. Um, there's a bit of trial and error involved there, and it's one area where our editor and reviewers were actually really helpful in terms of offering suggestions and critiques that helped us hone in on and and sharpen our arguments into a kind of coherent and cohesive theoretical story. Hmm.
0: All right, so moving on to the the methods. Uh, When developing your measure for political ideology, how much of this procedure was done before the review process and how much was influenced by the review process itself? What advice would you give to students who want to use archival data, as you did, to construct a measure about attitudes and beliefs? Great question. I think it's easy to answer the first question because the reviewers were largely on board with our measurement approach. They pushed us to clarify some important
1: analytic choices, such as why it is reasonable to quote non-donors as ideologically moderate, and why it is okay to take a simple average of directors' ideology to compute Boer's um, overall ideology. And both of these are important issues and, and require strong measurement theory, which uh, which we try to provide in our in our revision. So overall, we are again grateful that we had constructed reviewers at uh, In terms of advice for students, uh, we will offer encouragement to think creatively about how values and beliefs can be measured through archival data. While, while on many occasions it is practical and, and desirable to collect primary data through surveys, it can be quite hard in other situations and uh, may come with other well-known biases such as uh, social desirability. For example, if you ask people about their political ideology, lots of people will rate themselves as ideologically moderate. And if you compare that with how they lean on various social and economic issues, you can find that they are much more liberal or conservative than they report. So in in those situations, unfair measures can be very helpful. And for people who are interested, um, a good discussion of this issue can be found in papers by Eugene Webb and Carl Weich who have long urged researchers to creatively design studies and seek out what they call trace indicators of executive psychological proclivities. Eugene Webb, for instance, wrote a paper in the 1960s where he measured political beliefs of journalists by looking at how much coverage they gave to which politicians, which I thought was a clever uh, measurement approach. Building on those early ideas, management researchers have since then utilized diverse indicators um, archivally obtained indicators, um, using text, audio, and video data to measure corporate executives' personalities, beliefs, and attitudes. All such measures, however, require extensive validation before a top-tier journal like ASQ will find them acceptable, and, uh, and reviewers appreciate it if authors pay attention to the reliability and validity proactively rather than waiting for reviewers to bring them up the bottom line here is that students should not shy away from thinking creatively about using archival data to measure psychological constructs, but, uh, but do it thoughtfully and by fully considering the
0: implications of those um, choices. Yeah. I mean, that's really great advice. I personally really like using archival data. Um, I think you make a good point about uh, asking somebody a question that they may, they may have reason to not answer fully truthfully and, uh, using some kind of measurement or some other indicator evidence that captures their behaviors to complement their attitudes, I think is a really good point. So the next question I have is, is one I was probably most excited to ask you when reading your paper, because I think it's an issue that while you guys experience specifically because you're talking about uh, politics, uh, I think lots of researchers experience when people are trying to interpret their data or use their data. Or, or use their papers and findings. Um, so you've heard the adage that uh, many, many mothers say that you should never talk politics at the dinner table, but with this paper, you decided to talk politics at the research table. When conducting a study on such a politically charged topic, how did you maintain an objective distance while developing the paper?
2: Yeah, that's that's a really important question, and it's one that we discussed several times and tried to keep in mind kind of as we went about writing the paper. You know, we really, really focused on keeping our language as politically neutral as possible as the very idea underlying our paper is that people will differ in their beliefs about what good governance looks like. You know, depending on where you, me, and Abhinav fall on the ideological spectrum, we might all have very different views about CEOs' roles in the success of the firm and then how these individuals should be rewarded or penalized. But as we were careful, at least as we tried to convey in our paper, that doesn't mean that any one position is right and another is wrong. It, instead, our argument was that directors are generally trying to govern the best that they can, uh, but they also have different ideas based on their ideologies about what good governance looks like. And I'm, maybe this is naive on my part, but I like to think that people on both sides of the political spectrum could read our paper and find at least some parts— of our theory that they agree with. I personally don't think that either side comes off as the villain or the hero in our paper. And that kind of leads into the last part of your question regarding the practical implications of our work. I don't think that boards should necessarily take away from our study that, you know, the liberal governance approach is necessarily better or the conservative governance approach is necessarily better than the other sides because, as, as we repeatedly argue, each represents a subjective, not objective, subjective set of beliefs about the way the world works But I do think that directors can benefit by being aware of their own biases and how those biases influence, uh, and in this case, their political ideologies influence their decisions outside of the voting booth. And there's been obviously lots of research that looks at political ideologies and how they influence decision-making in all all kinds of domains. Um, You know, it could help them, getting back to directors, better understand the reasons why, for instance, some directors on their board disagree with them about governance-related matters. It, it
0: seems reasonable to expect that considering an issue from multiple ideological perspectives will help a board reach decisions that are, if, if not palatable, at least understandable to, to all its members. Hmm. Um, so as a follow-up question, uh, now that the study's done, given the timing of the presidential election and the inauguration, I'm sure this paper is receiving quite a bit of extra attention. How do you talk about your study to those who are interested in it, particularly when they seem like they may be trying to use it to achieve a political objective? Well, I think our answer would be that
1: uh, we both try to be as politically neutral in communicating the study and its relevance. And uh, what I have found interesting so far is that when you, tell about, uh, when you tell the audiences about the key findings of this paper, they usually tend to see something that uh, furthers their ideological worldview. So a lot of conservatives are happy to see that um, that uh, conservative-leaning boards tie pay and performance more tightly together, whereas liberals, many of them tend to note the fact that liberal boards are, are paying less to to the CEO than, than the conservative boards, who they argue, um, tend to overpay. So while we avoid any of these political stances, we have
0: found it interesting so far on how um, how people have reacted to it so far. So in the study, you measured how much prior firm performance affected CEO pay, and you found that it was enhanced when boards were more conservative, as you said. Uh, The theory provided is that people who are more conservative believe that individuals have a greater influence on company performance and therefore deserve higher rewards. Did you think about testing this underlying assumption by measuring whether CEO pay actually influenced future firm performance?
1: Well, that's interesting to think about. Um, We didn't consider looking at it uh, in this paper, looking at how pay as a cause as opposed to an outcome of firm performance, as that could involve a different set of theoretical argument and mechanisms, such as um, how to, what actions do CEOs take in response to it. But it's hard to envision that the conservative or the liberal pay approaches generate qualitatively better firm performance, which is very distal, in my mind, from CEO pay, in terms of the causal chain of things. So it may be that there are some contextual conditions that make one approach more conducive to success than another, which could be interesting to explore in future research. And another, and perhaps bigger issue, is that there is lack of clarity on how much CEO compensation can ever influence firm performance. For large corporations, firm performance can be a very distant and noisy uh, dependent variable and it becomes quite hard to empirically identify the relationship between pay and performance in any causal way. Um, perhaps it may be more cleanly studied in a sample of entrepreneurial firms, which are less bureaucratic and arguably depend more strongly on right executive actions and incentives. Or some experimental approach may work better, particularly so if we can find an externally generalizable sample of executives, which is, which is usually hard for experimentalists, alternatively, an intermediate approach could be to perhaps consider the effect of CEO pay on some strategic choices that executives make, and that linkage, I believe, is is potentially more identifiable. So the interesting question could be whether conservative boards are inducing, intentionally or unintentionally, different set of behaviors from the CEO and the liberal boards. and that would be
0: um, super interesting. Hmm, I agree. Um, The last question I have is about your teamwork and collaboration on the paper. How did your partnership for this paper develop, and how did you work as a team throughout the process?
2: Well, you know, as I assume is often the case with papers that end up in in career outlets like ASQ, you know, our collaboration was, I think, and I'm I'm guessing, off and a big reason for the ultimate success of the paper in the review process. You know, I honestly had a blast working on this paper, both because of the topic, which I find inherently fun. And more importantly, because of how pleasant Abanoff is to work with, uh, you know, when he approached me with the initial idea for the paper, I couldn't say yes fast enough, and we were off and running immediately. Um, just to give you an idea of how quickly everything came together, and I went back and looked at my emails, and this was a surprise even to me to look at it. We had the initial, we had our initial conversation about the paper back in early March of 2015. And six months later, we were submitting it to ASQ. And that's after writing up a draft, circulating it to friendly reviewers. So this went really quickly. OK,
0: now you're just bragging. No, well, no, <laughs> see, I, I point
2: that out because it's, it's unusual, I think, for all of us. And um, we were, were very fortunate on many dimensions. But uh, you know, one of the reasons for that was that we were just having such a good time on the project. We were working so well together that we were just very motivated kind of get this thing written and out the door, um, and that, again, speaks to the, the quality of the collaboration. I can't imagine it would have happened that way if we weren't having so much fun. And the friendship aside, I, I think, and Abanoff touched on this earlier, but, you know, our complementary skills and backgrounds really made for a smooth partnership. You know, has obviously done quite a bit of work on political ideology. One of my areas of focus is executive compensation. So we each brought unique but compatible perspectives uh, to the table. Uh, In in some, it was really just a treat to work on this paper, uh, so much so that we're currently working on some others, some some new projects that we're we're also very excited about and hope to one day be discussing on a future podcast like this one, if we're so lucky. (laughs) I
1: I couldn't take any more. It was a great fun to do this project with Adam. I really enjoyed our collaboration and and look forward to writing more papers together. And uh, I also feel fortunate. Um, about how smoothly we were able to execute this project. And uh, we would like to thank ASQ for helping junior authors like us do that. Definitely, yeah. I second that. And then, Jonathan, thanks to you for taking part in this
0: blog. It's, it's a great idea, and I, I think I'm, I speak for Abhinav saying we fully support this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, John.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, Abhinav and Adam, we really appreciate you joining us today, sharing your thoughts and experiences about your paper. I found it personally uh, truly fascinating. I expect many of our readers and listeners will also find it similarly intriguing. Uh, To the ASQ blog community, thanks again for listening. Be sure to check out the next installment of our ASQ podcast series that will be coming out in June 2017 when the next issue of ASQ is published. Thanks.